0: Probably heard of pyramid and Ponzi schemes. They are deceptive investment models that promise high returns but ultimately collapse, leaving unsuspecting participants with significant losses. But how exactly does a pyramid scheme work? I'm Dr. Johan, and this is Today I Learned. On the show with me today is once again Raymond Ram, certified fraud examiner and anti-money laundering specialist at Grey Matter Forensic Advisory. Welcome back to the show, Raymond. Thank you for having me, dear friend. So, let's start um, with an overview. Um, Could you provide a brief overview of what Ponzi schemes and pyramid scams are?
1: Well, um, when we talk about Ponzi schemes, I mean, named after Charles Ponzi, I mean, made famous, of course, by uh, our Bernie Madoff. A Ponzi scheme is a type of investment scam where returns are paid to earlier investors using the capital of newer investors, rather than legitimate profits from actual business activities. It's right. pretty, pretty straightforward, right? So typically, there is no real investment, and the operator lie, relies on a continuous flow of cash to sustain payouts. That's a Ponzi scheme. Okay. Now, If you look at pyramid schemes, on the other hand, of course, shaped like a pyramid, a pyramid scam or scheme is a form of investment where each participant recruits others to join, promising returns not from a genuine product or service, of course, but primarily from the contribute, contribution that is made by new participants. So the structure like a pyramid uh, with a bunch of people at the top and expanding number of participants as you move down the tyres. So as the scheme grows, it becomes harder to recruit parts, new participants, of course, leading to it eventual collapse. Now. So both of these schemes will collapse eventually. It's just that when people stop buying into it now. Right. So can you... Um
0: tell me if um, pyramid schemes and Ponzi schemes or pyramid scams are, are pretty much or broadly speaking similar because I'm um, just listening to what you explained that your mm-hmm. overview that you gave is it both don't actually rely on legitimate sort of business models where people are buying a product specifically but the the whole idea is that people people who are already in the in the system sort of speak yeah. or in the in the Pyramid or in this in this Ponzi scheme, um, they make money from new people or new investments that are coming in.
1: Yeah. So I mean, let's look at first at the key differences between both of these. First, very okay. similar, not very similar, but not the same, right? Mm-hmm. So if we look at uh, the basic mechanism of it, so in a Ponzi scheme, returns are paid to earlier investors using capital by newer investments rather than profit. Okay, that's one. Right. In a pyramid scheme, on the other hand, the focus is on recruitment, recruit new participants to return on their investment. So the returns are based on number of recruits, not only any real investment or goods or services, Uh, money is primarily made by recruitment of new participants. So it is quite different from a sponsored scheme where it's a blatant fraud, right? There is no investment being done. Your money is just laying there or is being used by those operators. On the other hand, a pyramid scheme is, look, the scheme is such you've got to bring people in. And the first red flag we often see is that there is no product. There is no services, you see, that has been offered. Besides the fact that you join the whole scheme itself.
0: Right. Could you explain the pyramid structure? Why is it, it did this whole pyramid shape in the first place?
1: Okay. Talking about pyramid schemes, of course, I mean, the initial recruiter at the top benefits the most, right? Those at right. the top. And then new participants are recruited, expanding the bottom part. Hence why we say it's a pyramid scheme, right? So it's it, it, it shaped such. Ponzi scheme, on the other hand, it lacks the hierarchical uh, structure. It revolves around a central figure. So, if we think back about the case of Bernie Madoff before, mm. right? How he had used celebrities to to front uh, this particular investment opportunity that he had. But at the end of the day, it was just nothing. It was basically money's coming in. The cash flow that they had was based on recruit. Uh, also, not not recruitment in that sense, but more on people believing him instead of right. new recruiters that come down there, right? So, it's more towards one central figure that people trust, and they started investing money. And of course, the bogus uh, statement, financial statements and whatnot were generated. And this gave confidence to them uh, to, to continue to invest their funds or leave their funds within this particular investment so that they can continue to have cash flow.
0: Right. So but earlier, you mentioned that eventually, um, you know, whether it's Ponzi or Pyramids, um, eventually it collapses. It's just a matter of when, right? So let's talk about the process. Could you explain the, the mechanics of, let's say, how a Ponzi scheme operates from initiation uh, to collapse and also um, how a Pyramid scheme
1: would operate in that sense? Now, the mechanics of it, if you talk about initiation of it, mm-hmm. the fraudster, of course, comes out and promise very high returns with little to no risk to potential investors, right? This is your first red flag, right? right. Any form of high yielding investment has its risk, right? So operations wise, we can see uh, new investors are found. Their investments are used to pay returns to earlier investments because any form of scam here, we need to gauge confidence. So you will get initial payouts, right? We will not say that you won't get anything. You will get initial payouts, right. which will, will will give you that, that, that thing that you want to put more money in because it's never enough. I mean, this Ooh. is like the capital market where we focus on hope and greed, right? Right. So this, to, once you hit hope, of hope and greed, people keep putting money in. And when you talk about the collapse, it collapses when the trust goes down, as recruitment slows down, when large number of investors sometimes ask for their cash, especially during bad economic times, when they ask for their cash out and the cash is not there. And the scheme of obviously would falter and there isn't enough capital to pay out these investors that are asking their money back.
0: Right. So could you explain that thing you you mentioned, um, you know, about hope, right? Um, why is that like sort of a philosophy
1: used? I mean, it, it's human emotion, right? And you know, mm-hmm. any form of scam that we see out there, uh, it's hope and greed. Either if right. you look at Macau scams is different, Macau scams is fear, right? Right. So if you look at hope and greed here, uh once the the, the idea is to bait, right? We throw uh when you put in investment, we will give you returns as promised at the beginning so you will continue to put money in and if you see a loss uh victims out there they tend to borrow funds use up epf money use up retirement funds get as much as they can because they believe that it could be doubled up it could be triple right, right? So, so the belief is for a better life but and the bait is there where you will get certain returns back that's where we fall fall victim to the scam because scammers know it's not not at the front at the first point itself it's the point where you start giving them something and then people start putting in more money
0: right um just to
1: um understand
0: it further right let's say in a pyramid um, um sort of scheme um we know that the person right at the top definitely um unless he gets caught or whatever reason uh, for or, yeah. or something like that um he makes a lot of money Right. um there's probably no denying about that um and we know that there are a lot of people who also you know just lose everything uh, is there a, a a sort of um uh, you know level here in the sense that okay the, the first level they make money second level they make money third level they make money And once it comes to the fourth or fifth level on the on the sort of um, pyramid mm-hmm. scheme that's when people start losing money um is there a, a sort of formula that people use in terms of that?
1: that there's no basically there's no formula per se. It's just mm. trust and the 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 word going around that this might not be right, right? and right. or day, either enforcement action is taken. We can see even uh, some uh, false uh, investment organizations where the SE puts up on their website, right? Certain blacklisted companies and whatnot. Right. They all fall either through complaints they were made to the SE or either they it, it just the trust just focus because end of day there's too many recruiters. Right. There's too many recruiters. You, you can't. You can't you you can't be recruited now and then and when you become a recruiter yourself there will not be any more victims to fall prey to this right, right. so if you ask me uh, if you look at it right it, it's evolved so much today due to technology
0: right, right. technology has okay. made it so
1: easy for, for for anyone to come in to to create fake profiles to even impersonate celebrities create that central figure right like I mentioned this now for Ponzi schemes you have mm-hmm. a central figure create that trust so uh, as an influencer, Get people to put money in, and on a day, most of the time, we can see that money's gone missing.
0: Right. Let's dive into that a little bit more because you know, I'm this idea of pyramid schemes, um, Ponzi schemes, um, they have been there for the longest of time. Um, but yes, like you mentioned, technology has come into play. We have social media, we have Telegram groups, we have all these things. I'm I'm wondering, um, how. Um, have these scams evolve or these schemes evolved over time to incorporate technology and to make it perhaps a little bit more difficult for you know um, potential authorities and whatnot to to catch um, the people involved.
1: Okay, there's a few ways of looking at it. Of course uh, the evolution is quite fascinating now like, looking mm-hmm. at the internet looking at uh, the way technology is changing every day uh, we today anyone can be whoever they want online right? right? And and this is not forgetting that we also have the dark web as well, right? This is just the surface internet that we usually we usually browse. And of course, back in the day, when you look at Charles Ponzi with his famous infamous uh, scheme based on international reply coupons, and then there were classic pyramid schemes where people just recruited friends uh, in the different clubs, where money mainly came from new members. But with everything, we, when we look at technology and social media today. We even see scammers who are using digital marketing techniques. Today, sure. they can pick up on web cookies. They can target, uh, target victims that they want. They believe that are showing uh, signs of distress, which are posting things on social media. Easy, easy for them to bring them into groups and then start recruit, I mean, start, um, putting these schemes through. Right? If you see the recent one uh, where, where there was a scheme that individuals were contacted through WhatsApp, Right. they were told to like certain YouTube videos and then you'll get a certain fee. Right. I think it was 10 ringgit per like or something Then you've got to take a screenshot of that particular, uh, what do you call it? Was, a video where you have liked it. Okay. So it shows proof and then you'll get a certain money transferred to you. Again, that's the bait. From there on, they get you to, to put in more money. They get you to do uh, other, other activities per se based on the scam that's actually going on. So it is always... Putting the bait through, and they can do this to a variety of platforms: WhatsApp, Telegram, uh, social media like uh, Facebook, Instagram, and whatnot. And today, like, we've even seen many profiles being created impersonating as celebrities where people trust and people you know, put money in. So I think the, the advent of technology today, I'm forgetting the part where you have AI that's being used and whatnot. All right. Right. Today is just, it's just the modus operandi might have changed but it's the basic human nature of hope and greed is still being targeted. And the world has also become a lot
0: smaller, right, Raymond, because yeah, of the yeah. internet, social media, communications um, across the globe. um, Are we seeing a lot more international or uh, cross-border um, pyramid schemes and Ponzi schemes?
1: I mean, like any other scams, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Ponzi or pyramid or any other scams out there. Today, you see, uh, if you look at statistics, uh, Syndicated activities, organized crime. Um, the drug trafficking was the most luxurious crime before. Right. Today it's cybercrime. Cybercrime scams are number one. Right? It's right. more luxurious. You can do it from anywhere. The risk is low. The risk of detection or risk of getting caught is low. And they operate like organized, like, like organizations. They have the, the chief at the top, and then you have your mid-level management, you have your, your, your frontliners, and all this. And you can operate from anywhere in the world. Right. right, So those with, with low, low enforcement activities in certain countries, which I would not mention, but we, we, we read about. right Certain countries, you see low enforcement activities, they send set, up, set up their hubs. And we also heard about Malaysians being trafficked, to, I mean, human trafficking taking place where individuals were being duped into job opportunities, being brought to these companies, to these organizations being set up by syndicates, to facilitate these camps, to make the calls. And if they do not reach their KPI, it wouldn't be good for them. Right? So that's why it's it's becoming very more stressing at this moment because uh, anyone can be, whoever they want online, falsehood and fraud can be just perpetrated anywhere with no accountability when it comes to activities online per se.
0: Raymond, is there also this gray area when it comes to pyramid schemes? Because- there are many, um, I don't want to name names here, but mm-hmm. there are many organizations that when you go on the internet, people, um, you know, you, you you say like, okay, this this organization seems a little bit shady. They seem to be doing, um, they, are, they are sort of, um, the way of um, operating seems to be like a pyramid scheme where they are recruiting people and things like that. But then when you look at, the, the legitimacy of the company. um, It is a, a official company. It, it's a big brand. They have actual products, for example, um, mm-hmm. that you can buy off the shelf. But at the same time, they also have this side thing where they, you know, recruit people. Um, And then you, you know, uh, people are trying to recruit more people, so to speak. So sometimes when I talk to people, they're like, Wait, is it is it real or is it is it um not real? You know, um is there a gray area when it comes to pyramid schemes where some are sort of quote unquote legitimate and then some are these massive scams?
1: I mean that's the end of the day, uh we gotta understand whether there's any product or services involved in this particular uh I mean activity per se, I won't say the scheme, right? right? Is there is there any activity this particular activity is there any product or services involved? And if it's a form of Ponzi scheme understand the investment behind it, understand the mechanics of the investment behind it. I mean when, when crypto came about, no one understood what it was. They were organizations saying that we are investing in crypto, put money into our you know our coffers <laughs> right. and whatnot. Right. And no one understood what was going on. That that right. was a perfect perfect storm let's per say. Today, again, few questions to ask. If you're talking about recruitment and a pyramid scheme, is there any services and products involved? Number one. Then if you talk about a Ponzi scheme, is there any underlying investment being done? What Madoff did in the US was different because he duped investors into providing them fake or false uh, you know, uh, investment activity and false right. reports, per se. So today we got a question. I mean, look at the updates being put through by authorities. If these companies have been flagged, if this company will be flagged, stop. Right. And also, if you feel something's not right, it's better to get out fast than to stay in with that, with that whole hope and greed per se, la. Right. For me, uh, my personal experience I would like to share is that talking about mule accounts, for example, right? Mule accounts, we understand Mm -hmm. what they are. They are for money laundering, you know, set up of fictitious accounts to be conduit for money laundering, right? Mm -hmm. I've seen firsthand brochures being done for students in universities where they can be recruited to be part of this scheme. And it's done such a way that they don't know it's illegal. Right. Students are not aware it's illegal. They, I, I remember seeing one where it was, you know, com- legit company name with address and whatnot. They had combo A, combo B. Combo A says that, look, you can uh, follow this uh, company representative from bank to bank, open up bank accounts. And every time there's a transfer, you keep a percentage. And of course, for a student, you'd be like, wow, that's something that I can, I can you know, go on, right? And having this university that I'm mentioning about, it was a lot of foreign students there.
0: Right. And these
1: foreign students, they, they have informed the students that if you want to get involved for combo B, when you go back to your home country, sell your debit card. Don't inform the bank you're going back. Sell your debit card for a fee, and we'll use it however we want to. All these uh, schemes being polluted and the students are not aware it's what they're getting themselves into, being right. blacklisted, and I mean uh, uh, enforcement action could be taken against you and whatever not. So I think it's just it's just the more of when will be changing, but the idea behind it is the same. The target is still hope and greed. How they do it, of course, vulnerable. um, You you have certain segments of the society which is vulnerable to it, like students or even retirees, housewives, being promised over and above what, what it's actual in that sense.
0: Right. All right. Let's go for a very quick break. On the show with me today is Raymond Ram, certified fraud examiner and anti money laundering specialist at Grey Matter Forensic Advisory. We continue this discussion after these messages on Today I Learned, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to today. I learned. I'm Dashan Johan. and on the show with me today is Raymond Ram, certified fraud examiner and anti-money laundering specialist at Gray Matter Forensic Advisory, and we're talking about Ponzi and pyramid schemes. So, Raymond, um, like you like you mentioned, right? One of the core things that scammers and these pyramid people involved in pyramid schemes and all they try to tap into is hope and greed. And as you mentioned um, in the first half of the show, there's a lot of vulnerable people. Um, and you know, people are many. People go through financial um, difficulties. There are a lot of insecurities. Um, everybody wants to get richer, so on and so forth. Um, so it, you know, people get trapped. Um, or or you know, when you see a pamphlet that could be interesting, mm. right? Or you get a WhatsApp message that could be interesting. What are the key characteristics or red flags? that typically indicate the presence of a Ponzi or pyramid scheme as opposed to a legitimate business?
1: I mean, the first thing we should do if we come across such things, of course, do a simple Google search. Mm-hmm. Look at reviews that's been posted online, right? If see something that's not right, delve deeper into it, right? It's very preliminary investigations that can be done on your own first, before you get involved in such schemes. Right. Now, the typical red flags to look at, if we, we look at a Ponzi or pyramid schemes, number one, the promise of high returns with no risk. That's just illogical where you have an investment that, again, very high-yielding investment, which you cannot, there's, there's no downside to it. There's no such thing, right? There's right. no free lunch. Over-reliance okay. on recruiting is definitely one thing there as well. When, when you talk about it, it's only about recruiting. We don't understand what the product is, what the services are. It's just about recruiting. That's number two. A, I mean, again, a consistent returns. Consistent returns, again, cannot work that way. I mean, no business is uh, no business cycle is linear, right? Mm-hmm. No such thing as getting consistent returns all the time. Complex structure, strategies that we don't understand best for us to keep away. Secretive uh, form of structures of those organizations that are trying to recruit us. Difficulty receiving payments. If you feel that now it, it's becoming very tough for me to get monies back. I remember there was also a lot of crypto scams before right. where you, you could get your returns back, but they would, came to one point, they said, oh, we can only now return crypto to you. We can't give you fiat money anymore,
0: right. even though
1: they were claiming to be exchanges, for example. And then when, when you claim this crypto also, you don't get it on time, you get it in batches. And those batches will come you know, across a certain period of time. So all this will be definitely something to look into. Right. Um, and of course, if they are involved in such activities, most of the time there are certain licenses that you need to have for these companies. It's good to ask them as well. Mm-hmm. For example, direct sale, direct selling in Malaysia, you would need to be registered with the direct selling association in Malaysia, right. DSEM, besides the fact they're having proper SSM records and things like that. Yeah. So I think that these are some of the red flags to keep in mind when we are getting involved, putting our hard-earned money into such activities. Look at at this this. This, some of these uh, factors that I mentioned just now.
0: How would you respond if someone says, you know, um, I got this WhatsApp message. I did do some Googling. You know, I, I checked. There was an Instagram page with 10,000 followers. Um, there was also a website. Um, but it turned out to be a scam anyway. How do you, you know, because it is things are getting a little bit more yeah. complex. Yeah. Some scammers are getting smarter. They are doing, they're covering all their bases, Instagram pages, social media pages, um, websites are even set up. How do you sift through all of this?
1: Again, this is a red race that we we, we still are behind. at right. the end of the day, our job is to look into those red flags first. Mm-hmm. Look into those red flags question where you're putting monies in don't take the 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 whole uh, how to say the facade or that, that something is very new and you've got to get it get on it uh, as soon as possible that's another red flag right you cannot you cannot wait there's a time limit you get on it now and it's 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 an opportunity where you again like I said a very high returns no risk and whatnot uh, those are usually red flags we need to be mindful of red flags that's what we can do and our day most of the time pyramid and policy schemes, when it collapses, it's it's very too, it's too late. Or when enforcement is action and enforcement action is taken, it's also quite late to some point. You would have victims already losing their funds. That's why it collapsed. That's why complaints were made. So I think NRD for us is to look into those red flags, make sure we know where we're putting the monies in, ask the right questions, only then move forward. There is no there's no one, one answer to tell you that look, if it's if like this, then it's a scam. Unless there's already they they've already been flagged by the SE. They've already been flagged by the authorities being on the red list or blacklist or things like that. Right. So that then those things can can give us more confidence
0: What factors contribute to the sustainability of Ponzi schemes or pyramid scams for a certain period? Because um some you know g- collapse in a short period of time. There are others who you know, really go on for a lengthy period of time where many people involved think they are in, involved in something legit, right? And it goes mm, on for mm. a long period of time before it finally collapses. In those kind of situations, what contributes to its sustainability?
1: I mean, I, I'm thinking back about the case of Bernie Madoff before. Right. So I think that the first thing that comes to my mind is trustworthiness of the operator. right? He had portrayed, portrayed himself to be this person that, that could save everyone and get them... Uh, more again to live a better life, right? So right. trustworthiness, the charismaticness of the particular operator is definitely the core factor when it comes to a Ponzi scheme per se. And if you look at um the promotion and hype that's being done all across the internet, across different pages, you're being told that there's new opportunities, being asked to reinvest your funds. I mean, these are all uh, means for them to stay sustainable. So we have got to be mindful that if you really want to get involved in such uh, some activities that you believe. May have certain risks, but you're not sure whether it's legal or illegal. Don't invest everything that you have. Right. Right? Making sure that, that you hold your monies in. Uh, and of course, limited withdrawals, in order to stay sustainable, they will not let you redraw everything that you put in straight away. They will mention definitely that you can only redraw about 20%, 30% right. across a period of time. That's definitely one of the ways for them to stay sustainable going forward. Um, geographic expansion, as they move from one country to the other, because you, when you have a scheme that's taking place in Malaysia, for example, now a lot of people has got to know that they can't withdraw their funds. There are certain red flags. I'll move to another country. And mm-hmm. online today, it's, we are all global citizens, as you mentioned just now, right? We can move very fast. And once you move, again, mm-hmm. there will be a new set of victims that could come into play. So I think geographical expansion is definitely one of the means for them to stay uh, sustainable as well.
0: Raymond, I want to ask because you mentioned cryptocurrency earlier as well. Yep. Um, are a lot of cryptocurrencies pyramid scams or do they operate as sort of pyramid uh, schemes or pyramid scams? And I ask this because, um, you know, oftentimes when you talk to a lot of people, um, there are a lot of people in my circle who, you know, invest in cryptocurrencies and, and things like that. And oftentimes they are not talking about the technology. Um, they're yes. not talking about the future of this technology, what this technology, how this technology can, or what the, the particulars of this technology are. They are just looking at it from a perspective of, I put money this, These things are super volatile and and fluctuates. It could just spike up in an instant, which it does. Like you talk about ridiculous gains earlier and how most of the time um, that's not logical and it's probably a scam. We know that cryptocurrency functions that way in in, in certain periods. It goes through certain periods where overnight you see a spike of like 500%, Mm 5,000% even. So um, how do you contextualize cryptocurrency? Because- I feel it feels like at least in the when it comes to conversations in the mainstream, there's not much chatter about the real technology and what this cryptocurrency can buy as as cryptocurrencies themselves, rather than these are things we can jump on, make quick bucks, and then jump off. How do you yeah. see that?
1: At the, end of the day, I think um it's it's the it's something very new. New mm-hmm. technologies are the ones that that often blur the line, right? So the, the, these uh, operators or these organized crime uh, syndicates and whatnot would give you at least information as possible. Now, of course, when we, we when the crypto uh, craziness was happening during that time, 500% and whatnot, I mean, again, because it was new and everyone was jumping on the bandwagon, right? Today, most of us understand crypto to some extent. We know how it works. Of course, in Malaysia, it's not a legal tender yet, but we got to be, be mindful that uh the the it's not cryptocurrency that's giving it a value. And there's no other, there's nothing that's giving it value besides our trust. Right. It's not backed by any commodity, it's not backed by anything. It's just right. the market believes that this coin is valuable. So right. it's valuable. Right. And we have certain iconic individuals in the US and whatnot, which puts out certain tweets <laughs> and it, the prices go up. So we've got to be mindful, if you want to take that risk, you can. It's a gamble. And one thing to understand also that during that time, crypto was the craze. Today, I see a lot of AI-related uh, schemes or AI-related investment where you have artificial intelligence that can make decisions for you. So invest certain funds, and there's AI technology behind it, presumably, and it would actually make proper investment decisions for you. Again, it's a craze because not many people understand AI. Same mm-hmm. thing as what was happening before during the crypto craze, right? So today, not many people understand how AI works. And when you talk about investments, talk about the market predict, prediction and whatnot, there's many different factors to take into account. Right, There's many different factors right. that AI might not be able to take into account when you put in your money into this, this particular mechanics. Lab. So I think it's this new technology. Something new come, comes in, people dump money in. Even NFTs was another one. Mm-hmm. right? And nobody understood what NFT was, non-fungible tokens. Nobody understood what it was. It was just a bought ape that, that people just kept pumping money in. They right. felt that... It would be a craze going forward. Today, its value is what? It, it's become yeah, quite ridiculous the more losses the investors went in, went into right. when it comes to NFTs, right? So I think it's this new technology has come about. It's our job to understand the mechanics behind it, right? We can't say that that it, the information is not out there. Information is all on our fingertips today. It's just that don't jump on the bandwagon like straight away. Right?
0: So when we look at Malaysia, um, specifically if we hone in on Ponzi schemes or pyramid mm-hmm. schemes, You say it is illegal. So what are the legal consequences for individuals who operate or participate in Ponzi schemes and pyramid scams?
1: I mean, if you are participating in such schemes, I mean, you'll be committing a direct offense under the Direct Selling and Mm -hmm. Anti-Pyramid Scheme Act 1993. Now, this is the primary piece of legislation in Malaysia which governs such areas of pyramid schemes and other related scams. And under this act, it's illegal to promote or participate in pyramid schemes. Those found guilty can be subject to, again, significant fines and imprisonment. And the act also establishes licensing requirements for direct selling businesses to ensure they they operate legitimately and aren't cover-ups for any pyramid scheme per se. So again, like I said before, direct selling includes products and services, right? We're not talking about bringing people in and recruiting them and making money off them and off the other people that comes recruited. That's not a direct scaling activity per se, right? That would be illegal and it will form of a pyramid scheme and you participating or operating both are forms of offenses under this particular act. Even the penal code has uh, a certain uh, sections to look at. For example, you have section of fraud, right? Because that includes, uh, when it comes to a Ponzi scheme, it's a blatant fraud per se. Uh, security laws in Malaysia, no proper licenses operating without and not being not following the guidelines that have been set by the SC, and of course asset forfeitures can take place under the act under certain acts as well, and and whatnot. So these are some of the different acts that come into play, lah, per se, when it comes to pyramid or Ponzi schemes.
0: Right, and you know because it is you know there are acts available uh, that can come into play. It is not legal. So, but yet it is still something that happens, um, you know, it's something that happens, it's something that happens mm-hmm. frequently as well. Um, what are the challenges faced by authorities when it comes to clamping down on these schemes?
1: I think the few that we can think about is first, as, what, as we mentioned just now, global operations, mm. cross-jurisdiction uh, investigations are not easy. We can, we have the legal mechanisms to get information true, but it takes time. But with financial crime, with the way money laundering is done right after the act, it's very fast. Money travels very fast. Money goes missing. Recovery becomes a problem. And even ascertaining who is involved in the crime is also a problem. Now, that's global operations. We have that's also on detection. Complex structures of what of the organization itself poses a risk as well. Another one that I see that, that is quite common is lack of reporting. And most of the time when we say lack of reporting is due to the fact that sometimes we are embarrassed. We've already got involved in such schemes, right? So now when when you want to go and report, also you you might hold back. So that could be a factor that we can consider. Those are some of the challenges authorities face because they need information. At the same time, individuals do not want to come with with information unless they have lost a lot and they, they truly feel that other people should not get involved. Only then we see this happening. And another thing that I would like to highlight also is the rapid evolution of technology poses risk as well because we sometimes don't understand the technology behind it. Right. And we tend to jump on the bandwagon without doing proper research. So before we wrap this conversation up, Raymond, what advice would you give
0: people? What measures can individuals take to protect themselves from falling victim to these schemes?
1: I mean, I wouldn't say if it's too good to be true, it is, but <laughs> that, that is the nature. But the end of the day, I think uh, being very specific to Ponzi pyramid schemes, understand their nature, what is the investment behind it. It's very important. Check with Securities Commission if they are on uh, on their list, or they have been uh, blacklisted or whatnot, whether they have been mentioned by the SC. Uh, Be skeptical of recruitment focus. So if you see that the focus is mainly on recruitment, something might not be right. All right consistent high returns with no downside risk i think there's nothing no free lunch anywhere <laughs> right so we've got to make sure that if there is such schemes something is not right la. right so do a simple search online find out what the reviews are i understand it, it's quite reactive but that's the nature of things because the modus operandi of scammers and i mean those uh, financial crime criminals out there would change over time so it's when detection takes place and people report it's only then that we can usually find out
0: Raymond, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. That was Raymond Ram, Certified Fraud Examiner and Anti-Money Laundering Specialist at Gray Matter Forensic Advisory. If you missed any part of our conversation, you can also check us out on podcasts We're available on the BFM app, bfm.my, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Darshan Johan, and this has been Today I Learned BFM 89.9.